Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest is Elemental. Elemental is the showrunner for the Making Bank podcast and a contributing writer for Bankless DAO's newsletters and Bankless Publishing. He's also an active member of the Writers and AV Guilds. Welcome, Elemental. Welcome to Making Bank. It's very meta today. And uh, yeah, we'll have a fun conversation. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Maybe we can start with a little bit of background on you. You and I work together quite a bit, but that doesn't necessarily mean others in the DAO know what you've been up to. And so uh, maybe a little bit of background there. You joined the Bankless DAO, what, in season two? Yes, yes. I joined back in season two. I forget exactly what month, I think September or October. And yeah, it was pretty exciting to find Bankless DAO. DAOs in general were a completely new concept to me. What brought you to it? What was the interest area that... I'd spent most of the last, the previous year, it was a circuitous route. I had spent most of the previous year deeply involved in increasing my real estate investing skills. And part of that was listening to a lot of different podcasts on any number of topics, but I always had a fascination for entrepreneurship and investing and self-improvement. So the Tim Ferriss podcast was one of those that I listened to. And one of the episodes that he put out, he had Blagi on talking about Ethereum. And it just blew me away because I knew a little bit about crypto just in the background, but I had no idea that Ethereum allowed this whole programmable, composable world computer kind of thing with smart contracts. And that instantly intrigued me. So I started listening to more podcasts, which of course led me to the Bankless podcast and then on to the DAO. You initially ended up probably spending a lot of time initially like in Bankless Academy, working on some of the documentation there and trying to work out some of the ways that we're communicating our instructional stuff. And to my mind, you spent a lot of time then and still do spend a lot of time in the Writers Guild. And I'm really delighted that you've you've come on to Making Bank and are involved. You're now the showrunner there, just as of, I believe, did it, I'm trying to keep track of these things. Did we do it mid-season three or did it just kind of We did it. We did it early season four was when that happened. Yeah, I I joined the DAO and it was, I really did jump in with both feet because of my background which was pretty broad, covering marketing and instructional design and content creation. I jumped in and saw, oh, well, here's the Writers Guild. I write. And oh, here's the Marketing Guild. I've done marketing. And that also the things that I did in marketing and advertising encompassed design and video as well. So then I joined the AV Guild. The kind of focus that I've always had in learning things for me is it I found that the thing that helps me understand it very deeply is learning things to a level that I'm able to teach and explain them to other people. So that, of course, led me to checking out the Education Guild for a while and eventually, like you mentioned, to um, to 
join the Bankless uh, uh, Academy team for a little while there because of the instruction that they were creating. And, but <laughs> I soon found like a lot of people do when they join the DAO, it's this all you can eat buffet, loading my plate so full with all of these meetings and then taking on things became readily apparent that I needed to minimize some of those things. So then I spent season three focused primarily on AV Guild as well as the podcast hatchery. And so podcast hatchery led to this in season four being more closely involved with the Making Bank podcast because I found that the more and more I thought about it, the more possibilities there were for Making Bank, particularly to make communication stronger within the DAO. Yeah, I think that's a good opportunity to segue to Making Bank and the purpose of the show. And you bring a common sentiment, which is you come into the DAO, popping into some areas that interest you. And pretty soon that list of interesting things is getting pretty long. And in order to be effective in any one area, you do have to put your head down. And sometimes you miss things and things do move pretty quickly in this space. And so one of the goals with Banking Bank is to surface those things that maybe the rest of membership doesn't get exposure into. Maybe the outside community at large wants a peek into what Bankless DAO is all about and uh, kind of gives people a little flavor for what kind of people we've got here. Frankly, you don't get that context just looking in a Discord and scrolling through. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And anybody listening to this knows that this podcast was originally and remains by Bankless DAO for Bankless DAO. And as the team of Making Bank, we're continuously looking to evolve the show. And I really want, and I know the rest of the team really wants for it to become essential listening for Bankless DAO members to be able to stay on top of what's going on and have greater insight and visibility into what their peers are doing in the other guilds and projects. As an added bonus, this being a publicly available podcast, available on any podcast platforms, it allows people in other DAOs or just people who are DAO curious to check out what Bankless DAO is doing and the exciting things that are happening in this sort of new frontier on the future of work. A bit of what we talk about is inside baseball. We're talking about internal projects and some lingo and things that a person coming in cold may not really, that's going to really uh, go over their head. But if you listen to the other components of these conversations, we talk a lot about people's journey and, and why they're here and and how their thinking has evolved as they've learned more. And, and for me, and I know for others, the reason you came here in the first place may not be the reason you're here now, or your interests and passions may have evolved or changed. And I think that's as much of an interesting part as any of the rest of it. And you don't get that change over time or that view without having these conversations. And who was it the other day that I was talking with that felt that the, oh, it was Ray Bankless. Yeah, Ray Bankless with the Turkish media note. He had said that the Making Bank podcast is a historical record and one of the components of a historical record of the DAO. And I thought that was an interesting take as well. But I do think there's content here for other people outside the DAO, and it's not that we're just navel-gazing. And that kind of brings us to where we want to take the show and some of the ideas that you've had and, and that we've talked about and others have brought to the table. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the huge opportunities that I saw, I alluded to a little bit here, came out of 
my observation as I was hopping around all these different guilds and projects in season two and, and season three was that they all were doing their own thing in their own silos, oblivious to what was going on just a few clicks away on the Discord and some of the other guilds. So there seemed to be a lot of missed opportunities for collaboration, a lot of just lack of awareness at all about what another guild might be doing, and also just a lot of doing things that a particular guild might not actually be the best equipped to do, like one guild doing design when there is a large design guild (laughs) with experienced and talented designers just a few clicks away. So the opportunity um, to cross-pollinate, I saw as just a huge unlock to be able to amplify the efforts that we all are doing, and also just for people to get excited about what else is happening and see other places to plug in. And so as I got more involved with Podcast Hatchery and with Making Bank, it started to become apparent that it could increase its role as trying to become almost the internal alpha channel for the DAO to make it very clear as different people come on to talk about what they are doing in their project or in their guild, just be able to sit down and talk expansively about the cool things that they're working on and the challenges that they have and the great people that are involved in that project. And then I was just curious, we're talking about these in very general terms. And uh, maybe if you have some specifics that come to mind of maybe guests that have come on the show uh, or, or things that have really resonated with you. Three that stand out to me for three separate reasons is what they exemplify in each of the episodes. The one that was on Good Morning News with the publisher and Hiro Canelli. That was great in that they epitomized the spirit of just going out and building something that hasn't been built. They've created a decentralized on-chain news organization. Can't be censored. It's um, immutable. And they amazingly put out a fresh episode, a fresh episode, a fresh issue. Um, I still don't know how they do that. We talked about that on the episode. I know. And publisher admitted. He said, yeah, it's it's not easy. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, I really love what they're doing and, and building and figuring out what methods are going to work here. And anybody can participate. You can buy a, a GMN NFT. It's on Polygon. It's like eleven Matic, so like mm-hmm. ten or eleven bucks, and get to participate in that experiment. So yeah, it's a fun episode. They were great yeah. together, and we'd love to have them back on. So yeah, that's a yeah. Good, really good one. Yeah, and that was great for the, exactly that. The idea of of going out and experimenting and building, which is for me exactly what. Web3 is all about at this stage. Another one that really stood out for me was the really recent one with Jairus James, because he epitomizes just the the spirit of Web3 hustle. He is out there talking to everybody, making connections, creating relationships, doing all of these things. He's like doing composability, but with DAOs and protocols and projects. He's a connector. Yeah, and, he's a connector. He's his own coordination layer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Jairus is great. That was a really fun episode too. And we still have more to unpack there. And we'll definitely have him back and some other people related to the other projects that we talked about. So yeah, that was a real fun episode as well. Yeah. Uh, but the the really big standout for me in this past season was the one with 
Zero X Justice from the GSC talking about the governance that uh, the governance solutions that team is working on and the challenges of DAOs and how they're working to help us fix them. They're not fixing them themselves. They're proposing ideas that we as a decentralized organization are going to work to to tackle and optimize as we move along. So it was, that was a fascinating discussion in a number of different ways. Um, it really helped to get that visibility out there and get more people talking about it. And in the same vein, we have had other folks from the Governance Solutions Engineer Group. It's a group of five, I believe five folks that are helping to steer the ship and actually document and help codify all the things we come to consensus on. And Justice is one of the first. We also had Manuel Macu, who was also an excellent guest. And we continue to have uh, bring them on, bring each of them on. We've not had everyone yet. But uh, would you agree that this is something else we'd like to continue to, to continue these conversations and maybe have more of a kind of a roundtable kind of conversation, have more of an in-depth discussion? Sometimes they touch on things in community call, and I think those are really good discussions. And then it kind of stops. And uh, I think that it's a really good uh, opportunity to explore some of these things. And it would also apply to other DAOs, um, is, I guess, is what I, I wanted to get at as well. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Those are those types of broader, deeper discussions, whether it's one person coming on and talking about what they have on their minds or a, a roundtable kind of discussion. I think these would be tremendously valuable just to keep people informed and help unpack these things. Because like you said, the community call, when we have those discussions, it goes by so quickly. And those are recorded, but I don't know how many people know that they're recorded or that they can go back and listen to it. But on the podcast, we have the opportunity to make those conversations available wherever, whenever people want to listen to them. We could add other context. We can do other things that are are very enriching for the conversation. And I think the good point that you brought up with what Ray Bankless said, it also provides this historical document in a way, which is particularly cool when we're talking about this, the Bankless Dow Constitution and things like that, to have those sorts of very seminal moments documented and the discussion around it in a record that can be referred back to is pretty, pretty darn cool. And I hadn't really even considered that angle on it. And it's it's pretty awesome. Both a great thing for us and for others that someone else who is looking to really strengthen the governance and coordination with inside their DAO could refer to that episode or in the other conversations that, that we hope to have on these topics and see, oh, this is how Bankless DAO got through that problem those problems that we all and those challenges that we all encounter with these decentralized structures that we're now trying to optimize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's so young. I, I keep forgetting. I didn't realize how, what a short time period there's been decentralized finance protocols on Ethereum. I mean, it's really yeah. only been since, what, mid-2020? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. We talk about these things like they're so mature and we're just getting started. And I, I just feel like, you know, I remember people coming into, and it kind of gets off on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, feeling like they're late to the party. <laughs> it's just, we're all so early. It's not mainstream. 
at all. And regardless of what's going on in the market, this is a great time to build. This gives you a chance to go more heads down and really focus so that once we work through some of these te both technical challenges, communication stuff, hardening these systems, figuring out what works, what doesn't. And by the time we get to more of a mass adoption phase, the people that are listening to this, people that are working on this show, the people who are working Bankless DAO and similar organizations, we all have several years of knowledge under our belts and have already gone through some of that pain with the dead ends. And we can consult then with the incoming. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on there. It's very much worth remembering that those of us who are steeped in this right now can kind of forget that most people really have no idea what we're talking about yet. It, it's coming. We can all tell the inevitability of these innovations, both in the crypto world and in Web3 and in DAOs. But we also should be aware that it's unlikely going to take the form that we think it is right now, because as much as people don't care to or are tired of hearing the we're so early kind of cliche, we are super early. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just wrote an article on this very topic, and I looked into some of these things. A very recent thing on Dune Analytics indicates that only about 5 million users of DeFi in the world right now. And that's a lot, but compared to the world population, it's 0.06% of the global population. So that is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the overall population. And it's not to say that it necessarily will have universal adoption, but if you're familiar with the standard bell curve for adoption of a new innovation, it's called the Rogers curve, I believe, something like that. But it shows that innovations pretty much always follow a standardized bell curve. Uh, in terms of expanding reach, expanding audience, and talking a little bit more to folks that needs more of the basics or where also we can help each other in the community. So whether it's related to security, protecting yourself from scams and smart contract risk to exploring some of the new tools that are here in Web3, not everything's necessarily about money and DeFi protocols. There's all kinds of other things you can do with these permissionless token gated variety of tools out there that are coming into this space that are pretty interesting. And then I guess the third piece would be like, and explain it like I'm five, the phrase that we all hear, which is distilling a fairly complex topic down to the core essentials of the, what a concept means, right? Mike, yeah. characterizing that well. All of those tie into the overall mission. If we're going to make people comfortable with Web3 and crypto and blockchain and DAOs and all of these related topics, we need to make it accessible and understandable and easy. Those of us who are involved right now are in that innovator and early adopter stage of the adoption curve where we're willing to put up with risk and willing to put up with hassle and willing to go and put the effort in to figure it out. But the majority of people don't want to work that hard <laughs> at it or aren't interested in it to that degree. And it requires education, it requires simplifying and this exchanging of information. So the more that we can do and the better job that we do at explaining a lot of these things, unpacking these things, making them accessible and understandable, the more people will see the value in what we're building. 
So that's just huge. And I think that is one of the big things that Making Bank can do inside the DAO with that communication. But like you were saying, I would like to see us in our next season and beyond start to experiment and weave in some of these other segments that do some of those things that you like you discuss the explain it like I'm five that can take one of these complex topics that you hear hear bandied about that that we can often just speed over and assume that everyone else knows it so I guess I know this too and then you realize that maybe we should step back and unpack what MVV means or some of these other concepts or because I think the more foundational and basic knowledge that people have, the more comfortable they are and the more they are able to understand and make those leaps that will spark really the next generation of breakthrough ideas. When we're at the phase of the industry where No, you don't need to be a developer, but it sure would help if you understand what smart contract risk is and why there's risk there. You don't necessarily have to be a coder, a developer, but you need to understand that, you know, if you start interacting with multiple things that are layered on top of each other, that you're compounding your risk. Why is that? Yeah. Well, I do think that's one of our opportunities because there are other examples of podcasts that like. If you think about Freakonomics or Planet Money, that will talk about financial things and economics things in ways that a mainstream audience can understand and bring into their own lives. I just listened to a very entertaining episode of Planet Money where they broke down inflation, where it comes from how different administrations over the last century in the United States have tried to tackle it and the results of that. And it was really interesting and it helps provide the context and some ideas about how to navigate these times that we're in right now. And I think the more that we can do some of these things as segments and potentially someday as standalone podcasts on their own will really help broaden the understanding and adoption of Web3. Yeah, I agree. There's just so many ways in which we can explore this stuff. The bottom line is our team is going to need people to work on this stuff. As we do more research into the topics that we bring to the show, we want to lean into becoming more of a true Web3 podcast and finding ways to support the show and pay contributors without necessarily needing to find sponsors and advertisers. There might be some things we do that lend themselves to sponsorships, but we don't want to be beholden sponsors. Is that a fair way to characterize that? Absolutely. Yeah. We don't want our listeners to be a product that we sell to advertisers. Yes. Well, because that's just recreating a traditional model in the DAO, making it arguably more difficult to create a podcast by having a distributed global team. But then we go to the same sort of revenue model where we're finding advertisers and what have we done that's different? What have we done that advances the craft of creating podcasts that brings these tools that we are learning so much about to make a better podcast that is in line with the ideas of the creator economy? And so, yeah, as you know, we are on the podcast hatchery and on the Making Bank team, we're exploring how we might want to do some sort of sponsorship or build a community of avid 
podcast fans and listeners to have discussions. I'm not really sure the form that any of that will take quite yet, but the discussions are super exciting because more than ever before, able to create these communities of like-minded people. And like we're trying to do with the podcast overall, just further the conversation and keep these avenues of discussion and exploration and innovation going, because that's where the magic happens. It's the idea of how these things start to integrate with some of the traditional world, because when a new innovation comes to the fore, it doesn't mean that the rest of the world ceases to operate. (laughs) So how does the achievements that people are making and the things that they're doing in the Web3 world, how to document and show that to the traditional world as Uh, people are working in more of these hybrid models as businesses decide, oh, Web3 is a thing, I want to be involved. They're still going to be a traditional business, but now how do they access and tap into the talent that is Web3 native now? And how do people who have built these skills go out and uh, find the opportunities that are in the traditional world without having awareness to integrate the two, as opposed to creating a standalone brand new way to show anyway so where are we well that the skills that we develop here in crypto and web3 working at bankless dow or other organizations that are really trying to solve this decentralization challenge trying to understand human coordination just like we talked about before let's circle back on that we talked about some of the challenges and and your passions may evolve and develop when you get here and you start learning about other components. And one of those, and I'm trying to remember who the guest was, it might even have been Ben Justice, that said when he first came into this space, which hasn't been that long ago, he's been in the project management world and doing that kind of stuff for years, but the DAO space is very new to him. And governance, you would think that he's been into governance for years, right? No, he didn't. He just stumbled onto this. I don't know. I've, I'm not going to give you a time frame. It's within since he joined DAO space, mm-hmm. and this is now one of his passions. And you'd think he's been doing it forever, and you just don't know where those passions will lie and who you may meet along the way. And to me, regardless of how this primordial soup of blockchain technology all pans out. We've established some really, really cool connections among people. We've explored our own passions. We've developed new ones. We've learned new ways of thinking about old ideas, like what is money? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty much an insatiably curious person. So to find this new whole realm of stuff that I hadn't even really thought of before to be able to explore and every rabbit hole leads to another rabbit hole. This is thrilling for me just to be able to do that and continue to explore and discover more things. And then as I do, I get excited and I want to expose other people to them, to these ideas. I want to make everyone understand this cool new thing that I've just learned about. I've done that pretty much with everything throughout my life. So the people, people who know me have hear a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. But here in the DAO, 
in particular, it is so cool to be around so many smart, passionate, curious people who are exploring a lot of these same things and a lot of different ones that I haven't even heard of yet. And being able to bring these different puzzle pieces together and see the picture that we're able to create is pretty amazing. It's just a super exciting time. It's a super exciting place to be that we're making all this new, incredible technology and innovation and solutions to various human problems is pretty awesome. And finding new ways to connect with other people, that's been a huge eye-opener for me. It's something I wasn't even expecting. I'd love to have that conversation sometime as well. Which also brings me to the point, which this is all about people, and this show doesn't get done without people. And we have big plans for season five and beyond. And so maybe we'd like to chat about how others can participate or contribute. Whether you're with a project or a guild, maybe there's a Web3 or DAO topic you'd like to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, let's start with those. One of the huge opportunities that Making Bank has is to bring attention and awareness to the things that are going on inside of the DAO. So if anyone is working on a project or in a guild and you're doing things that you don't think the rest of the DAO knows about or appreciates enough, you can sit down and have a nice conversation about the stuff that interests you. Have the time to unpack it, go back, have follow-up questions and answers. And it's just a great way to have a really great discussion about the cool stuff that they're working on and to find other collaborators other opportunities that can spark ideas with other people or as, as they go, hey, I'm working on this other part of something big. And if we got together, this would be enormous. And one remaining opportunity for the DAO overall are we want to have some of these broader discussions on just Web3 or DAO topics, talk about online reputation, to talk about anonymity and privacy, to talk about compensation, to talk about all of these sorts of things, it would be great to have people who either have knowledge or an interest or distinct opinions on these topics to come on and sit down and have a panel discussion that we can explore these topics in great detail and maybe figure some things out, get some insights into how we can keep progressing this field. Absolutely. All right, good. Calls to action. Projects and guilds coming to the show. Let the rest of the DAO know the cool stuff you're working on. Is there a Web3 or DAO topic that you'd like to discuss and explore with others? We're going to try out some panel discussion episodes. Let us know what you think are important to talk about or if you'd like to be in or lead that discussion. Yeah, I think those are the great calls to action to come on the show. Talk about what you got on your mind. What are you working on? What's cool? And what do you care about? Also, we're going to continue telling the stories of members, their, their crypto journey, their DAO journey. And because those remain endlessly fascinating to me to learn about where people have come from, what brought them to this world, and where they're going to go with it. Absolutely. That's been a really fun part of doing this show and getting to know folks around the DAO has been really fun for me. And to me, that's one of those intangibles that you can't really put a price on. And gosh, here it is, August 2022, when we're recording this. And I've been working on this particular project since the beginning of the year. I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that is not the first project I've worked on at Bankless DAO. So who knew we'd be doing this a couple of years ago? Who knows what we'll be doing two years from now? 
Yeah. Crazy Web3 journey. You have no idea where you're going to be next week. That's right. All right, Elemental. Well, thanks a lot. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap this show? No, I don't think I have anything else. Just like, listen, subscribe, rate, all those things. Smash the buttons. Oh, yeah. That's in my outro voiceover. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, Elemental. This has been a lot of fun. Have a super weekend. We are recording this on a Friday afternoon during Gap Week, in which Bankless Dow had the rare Friday without a community call. And so we're using the opportunity to record an episode of Making Bank. Yep. So listen to all those episodes you've missed. Catch up. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information on how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.